momentum has come at a really critical juncture for Youth for Christ in Omaha, not only because of strategic additions and changes that we were making, but my absence as a leader, I had to be focused on taking care of my wife and kids through a cancer journey that ended up with her going to heaven to be with the Lord. The blessing of momentum during this season of time, you leading and consulting my leadership team and our ministry, it allowed me to be removed in so many ways, physically, mentally, emotionally. It was truly a gift from the Lord in the timing that it happened for us as a ministry. So here's the deal. Jason Curry is just one of those guys who makes you want to lean in closer and really hear what he has to say. We're excited to share this impact story with you about how MyBridge Momentum, a ministry of MyBridge, connected with Jason and his team at Youth for Christ in Omaha, or GoYFC, at a critical moment in the ministry's history and in Jason's life. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jason Curry. Well, Jason, welcome to the morning conversation today. It's great to be with you, Stan. Yeah, excited to uh, have you on. And uh, it's been so fun to get to know you over the last uh, two plus years, right? And uh, That sounds right. Yeah, admired you from a distance as I heard about the ministry and heard lots of things about you and, and uh, was so thrilled when we had an opportunity to actually work together. And we'll talk about that more throughout this morning. Uh, but first, again, we, one of the things that we all often like to do, almost always, is at some point in the morning, we're going to start off this morning with it, just getting to know our guests as brothers and Christ and to hear about their spiritual journey and just honor and glorify our Lord Jesus and the work that he's done in your life. So yeah, just kind of briefly, just how did you, how did you come to know and fall in love with Jesus? I love that question. I mean, that's my favorite question that mm. we find, find ourselves asking instead of what's your name and where are you from? And yes. like, tell us your Jesus story. Yes. And so, um, as much as I hated it as a middle schooler and high schooler, I now look back and I was very privileged and blessed to come from a home that uh, my dad was a minister. He was a mm, pastor up in I Michigan. And so again, being a middle child, small town, the, the fishbowl that I felt like I was in, yeah. I, I didn't necessarily desire that as a rambunctious right. middle school boy, but I look back at the foundation that that laid for God's word and and watching a, a mom and dad be faithful to serve Christ. And so uh, I've even been talking about this with my own kids, some of, you know, similar paths of we've always known and believed in God from a very early age. And so at an early age, you know, making that personal decision. I remember it was a Wednesday night because my mom was gone to choir practice and my dad and I were having conversations about heaven. And, uh, and just at that point, uh, at probably seven or eight years of age said, yes, I want to make that personal decision mm -hmm. and got to stay up late to tell my mom that <laughs> night when she got back. So it's, those are great memories and, and had, uh, parents and, and, a youth pastor and mentors in my life that just continued to pour into me all through high school into college. And they truly participated in mm. that spiritual trajectory. Like we should as, um, as men and women of God. Mm. Yeah. So at seven or eight, was there a life transformation even at that age? Did like, did you experience them? <laughs> no, I still was throwing snowballs through windows <laughs> and getting spanked. Um, I, uh, there definitely was a, um, there definitely was a, a, a knowledge and a confidence, uh, that 
I'm a, I'm a child of God. I'm going to heaven mm-hmm. someday, but absolutely. It, it came with ebbs and flows, highs and lows, uh, throughout my whole life, um, of, you know, continuing to trust God. And yet, uh, and yet there's, there's peaks and valleys for sure. Hmm. So Jason, uh, just, you come to know Jesus in, in an authentic life-changing eternity destiny, <laughs> pointing kind of a way super early in life, seventh, eighth grade or seven and eight year old. Um, what, at what point as you got older, would you say, what were maybe a, a point or two where it just really took off for you? Like as an adult, as a young adult, as a, that you just go, man, this, it clicked in and it's, it's, it moved far beyond just something I was raised in and it became really mine. I owned it. Mm. I can recognize my high school years of a youth pastor pouring into me that mm. participated in that in significant ways in college. Once you have some independence and starting to get involved and serving in, you know, a youth for Christ program up in Michigan, but it was really after college when at 21 years of age, all of a sudden, so many things that I had wrapped my identity into of, I had played basketball and I had always pursued trying to be uh, a good student and broke up with a, you know, serious relationship. And all of a sudden, all these things that I had wrapped who I was and into were, were gone, were that place at 21, 22, that I finally was, it was a, God, I will do anything. Um, I remember literally saying that, like, I don't want to be a pastor because I saw that I grew up with that. But even if it be a pastor, I was finally open-handed um, fully and just saying, God, take and use me. Uh, I am, I, I now have a, a better, more secure and more, more secure and faithful understanding of who I am in you that, that God really started opening doors and moving in my heart and teaching me more than ever before. So that was, that was a really, really critical juncture in my life was wrapping up college mm-hmm. and, and all of those things being stripped away that were not my identity, but I, I believe that they were. I'd love for you to speak a little bit to parents this morning. And again, specifically, like I didn't come to know Jesus. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I didn't come to know Jesus till mm-hmm. I was uh, in college, but you did. And so there's a number of parents listening this morning who have kids that they've, that they are raising, that they have raised, but are raising or will raise. And uh, they see the statistics. They see the number of kids that uh, were grew up in Christian homes that walked away from faith later. And again, knowing you, uh, I would love, actually, I do have a son that <laughs> loves Jesus the way you do, but so I would love that, right? You were, came to know Jesus as seven, eight year old, raised in a Christian home, pastor's home, either, you know, reflecting on what your parents maybe did that maybe were different differentiators that really helped to, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, it's the grace of God, but that's always present <laughs> for every kid. Um, so what maybe would you say the parents is in terms of what they need to be making sure of in their own lives, in their families, to best set their kids up for spiritual success? That's a great question. And I'm living in the midst of that right now with mm. two high schoolers and a middle right. schooler in my home. And so I I would say there's the old adage, more is caught than taught. Mm. And yes. yes, we can believe that, but you can also twist that to say, okay, we're not going to teach enough of the biblical truth that's oh. counteracting how much uh, how much we learn in all the other all mm. the other places. And so, number one, I think it has to be modeled at home. So, mom and dad, you have to be abiding with Jesus and pursuing Jesus, and kids will catch that. 
but you also have to make sure you're intentional and not getting consumed by busyness or things of this world where we're not actively teaching and and along with modeling the faith. And I'm I, I feel like I'm saying this in the mirror right now to myself <laughs> of how do we continue to incorporate that because the lies of the enemy, the lies of the world are are on the offensive all the time. And I, I, I see them, but my kids can't see them because of their age, their maturity. They, they just can't see it. So there is a, we, we got to protect them, but we, we also very much need to be proactive and intentional with um, teaching our kids God's word and, and being I mean, working with youth for Christ. We have a, our main point is how do we reach lost kids? How do we how do we pursue lost kids in relationships? And as you're teaching kids about God's word, I, I truly believe there's great discipleship opportunities when you also have an evangelism focus as a family and you're putting um, yourself and your kids in places to talk about their faith where it's not completely, totally safe, like in the home or in your church, like put them in positions uh, where they own their faith, talk about their faith. And it's not just the super comfortable uh, safety zones. Yes. So that's, that's my connection, even yes. with where I'm passionate about with youth for Christ oh, yeah. and how we can come alongside Christian parents and Christian kids and help them in their discipleship. Yeah. Re- resistance builds strength, right? I mean, to, yeah. to not have any opposition to our faith, you know, to try to put our kids maybe in a bubble to protect them well-meaning and understandable, but it, it may very well stunt their, and actually it would stunt their, their growth. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I understand we do have to protect our kids, but right. you can't isolate them. You right. can't, if you isolate them, then that's where there's a higher percentage of those kids mm. walk away from the faith. Uh, and all those statistics, you can hear mixed reviews also on, you know, every statistic can be jaded or skewed and a good handful of kids, you know, come back to church after those college years, but there's, there's still a lot that never do. Mm. And that's some of my soapbox as, <laughs> as a, as a ministry leader, but also right. as a dad that's living in the midst of it right now, it is, it is hard. And I, it is, I know that grandparents can see that, but those of us that are living with it, it is, it is really, really challenging mm. to, <laughs> to, to guide and protect and stand our ground on what we know is best for our kids. Mm. Yeah. So good. God is always at work among us. Aaron in Omaha recognizes that sometimes connecting with community can be a challenge. I've been a part of some small groups in my past that, to be honest, they're not life-giving. When that happens, we can be tempted to think, well, I've tried that, and church community just doesn't work for me. But just because one expression of community didn't work doesn't mean we shouldn't try again. It's kind of like dieting. A lot of people say, oh, I've tried the Whole30 diet and it didn't work for me. But they don't just stop dieting. They know the next thing is to try something else. Which is why Aaron is seeking to reconnect with his church community when they launch Life Groups this fall. My whole family lives here in Omaha. So we feel the value of community on a weekly basis. So we want to be the friends and the extended family for others here at our church so that we can help bring life to others. 
your sake and the sake of those who need your encouragement and care. Let's make reconnecting with community a priority again. Learn more at mybridgeradio.net. Jason, you're the executive director for the Greater Omaha Youth for Christ. There are some listening this morning that uh, aren't familiar with that ministry. So give us kind of a thumbnail sketch of Go YFC and, and what the ministry of YFC is about. Youth for Christ, we we love the, the start by Billy Graham and a few pastors in Chicago that just said, how do we reach youth with the message of Jesus? Mm-hmm. And uh, 60 plus years later, 70 plus years later, our focus is still that of how do we intentionally relationally pursue kids that don't know Jesus. And and that's where I firmly believe um, people, as we're talking our Jesus stories, everybody I've ever talked to can point to one or two or a handful of people that help them to understand Jesus. So it's relational in nature. Uh, also statistics show that the majority of people come to know Christ before the age of 20. Right. And so intentionally pursuing relationships with lost kids and in that context, um, getting to the place that we're having regular Jesus conversations. And we we um, have a phrase that we call authentic Christ-sharing relationships. And when we're having regular Jesus conversations with lost kids, it's not just, you know, I know what sports they're involved in. I know, you know, how many siblings they have, but it's including regular Jesus conversations. And so our intent is to come alongside churches and other ministry partners. We have We have staff and programs that are in 35 Omaha area schools. Uh, We also have a a teen parent program. The whole focus is how do we go and bring the hope of Jesus to kids that don't walk through the doors of a church, uh, or maybe it's just Christmas and Easter. And how do we, how do we reach kids with the hope of Jesus? And God has blessed tremendously over the years uh, and the last couple of years, despite the challenges of COVID, we're, we're sensing a just an increased momentum and open doors that I didn't know if they would still be there after COVID. And so we're just, we're really excited about what God's doing. Hmm, that's so cool. I had mentioned this earlier this morning that uh, I've had the privilege of walking with you and your team over the last two years with a ministry called My Bridge Momentum uh, that we invest in uh, nonprofit leaders and their teams, helping them some organizational development, strategic planning, and uh, kind of some leadership coaching. And uh, so you got involved a couple a couple of years ago. So talk about initially kind of what what was going on in your ministry what made you think you know this might be something that that would be a difference maker there is there is a few things that went into it of you know sometimes you just hear clearly from the lord okay you need to consider this i had three or four people within a month say hey have you ever thought about this type of training and it had a certain like name and and after the third or fourth person, I was like, okay, God, I need to look into this and consider this and started asking around and found out about momentum and you Stan. And from there, it was a no brainer because we were in a place of a lot of transition. Uh, we were adding key members to our leadership team. So our, our, our ministry was growing and we, and yet we had hit a little bit of a plateau or a lid for a few years. Some of that was... Um, some of that was, I I can't exactly identify what all, what all caused that. But as my wife was on the radio with you years ago, 
part of that was just my lack of ability to give the time and energy as my wife went through a cancer battle. And we were in a place of a, of need of somebody that would consult and lead and drive the most important things that we knew needed to happen. When you talk about strategic planning and setting annual goals and focusing on the most important things. So strategic planning, clarity around that, accountability around that. Those are some of the words that we knew we needed as we met with you and heard about the Ministry of Momentum. You provided those things that we desperately needed. Mm-hmm. As we're talking this morning about Greater Omaha Youth for Christ and the opportunity that My Bridge Momentum has had over the last two years to invest in your ministry. And uh, so you're two years in now. So uh, has it made a difference? And if so, what difference have you seen? Yeah, absolutely. The, it's made a tremendous difference. And you told us that, it, you know, we wouldn't maybe see anything for six months, but really at year two, you we and, and it is, we're at year two and we're seeing a remarkable difference of the uh, the consistency of doing the right things in the right way and having not only those strategic conversations, but also the, the radical candor uh, as, as a leadership team that continues to grow us, grow our trust, reveal uh, also areas that we need to work on and shoving them under a rug or pretending they don't exist. And so it's really helped us to uncover some areas of very needed growth, uh, given us the the tracks to run on, so that we can have um, the best the best of our team, and making sure that we're doing uh, what we all know are the best leadership principles, but can often get lost because of the busyness and the whirlwind of life and ministry or business, and looking looking at a different level of where we need to be and what we need to be doing. And so the, it feels like we've, we've, we've just started kind of busting through some of that plateau that we were in and our, our staff has grown now from where we were at 40 to now 55 in the last couple of years. And these ministry sites that were struggling to either have staff filling them um, or uh, just even getting restarted after COVID now all of our full-time positions are filled and we haven't been there without it with, I mean, for the last couple of years. So it's been, it's been huge for our, our camaraderie as a team, our culture growing and having a, having a really great strategy that we're all on the same page with. Hmm. Yeah. Jason, I was with a leader of a different ministry yesterday and the term that they used, which I thought was, I liked it was rhythmic growth. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. they they just Mm -hmm. said, you know, as they've gotten into the momentum process and we're meeting every quarter, we're meeting annually for a two day annual, you know, annually we're aiming quarterly, we're advancing and there's an outside person like they said, you know what, if, if left to ourselves, we would delay it a week. Oh, oh we didn't get to this mm-hmm. one. We'll do We'll pick it back up next quarter. But, uh, you know, no, you've got an appointment with Stan and Momentum and, and yeah. the meeting's coming. And it just has created this rhythm that has created rhythmic growth that's continued mm-hmm. to build momentum over the time that uh, we've been with them about two, two and a half years. Can we go back and can I just say that? Because that sounded great. (laughs) (laughs) We that that describes where we're at also. And as I as I brag about you, as I Mm. as I tell so many people about you've got to check out momentum and I, I I tell them it's applying all the things that we know are right right and are important. And you have somebody with 
ministry wisdom and experience. Uh, I'm speaking of you, <laughs> Stan, and <laughs> and it's just been uh, it, it. We had our staff saying we need we need clarity and accountability, and it's provided those two things more and beyond anything that I could imagine. Mm. Yeah. So, Jason, let's go all the way back to the beginning of the first couple of conversations that, that we have when you were kind of considering is momentum something that uh, you were kind of interviewing us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Stan, we had options and I had to pick the best option. <laughs> you picked the free option. No, <laughs> no I remember because the best looking. Yeah. OK. Now you're trying to say that. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the things that we are committed to as a ministry is, I mean, we know the value of what we provide and part of what kind of pushed us in this area is we saw the impact of this kind of a training, this kind of a relationship with nonprofit organizations and the momentum that they were able to build. And uh, we saw the price tag that typically we're talking five to $7,000 a session. Mm-hmm. And we're like, man, this could really accelerate ministries, but most ministries couldn't afford it. And it wasn't really a, a Christian oriented form of this yeah. uh, that was here, at least locally. And so we said, what if we pushed into this area and offered it to ministries free of charge? And uh, <laughs> you had been approached, if I'm remembering correctly, you've been in conversations with someone who was offering it at, what was it, 5,000 a session probably? Was that the realm? Yes. Yeah. 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 And so you, you were kind of scratching your head going, okay, is this for <laughs> real? Like, so I'd like to hear kind of what was going through your mind. You're exactly right. As you know, as I mentioned earlier, three or four people had approached me and said, have you heard of these tools that, you know, you offer that through momentum? And as I started to explore the price points of $30,000 a year was, mm-hmm. was normal. And on the other side, we had a donor that believed in this enough that said, I will cover the cost of this because we've seen the benefit in our business and other ministries. And yet we we wanted to honor the, honor the do- donor and be a good steward, but we also wanted who we felt would be best. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right. Like having somebody that has uh, a ministry approach, a godly approach with great business principles, for us, it was... It was a no-brainer and it was a win of as we interviewed a few candidates, we were we were my leadership team, we were all like, Yes, stands stand and momentum are the is the place that we we should go. Now I remember a statement you made at the end. You're like, Okay, so like is this like light, a light form? Like what are we what are we not getting? Because yeah, because sure. we heard this price tag of thirty thousand a year, and you're saying it's you're going to give it to us free. So what are we not mm-hmm. getting? And uh, I said yeah. to you, a bill. <laughs> <laughs> Stan, you don't forget anything. You're supposed to forget those things that could be slightly offensive. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah. Again, it's been it's been a blast. Again, I've I heard about you in your ministry for many years before having the opportunity to. To actually get to know you as a brother and a fellow soldier and uh, to be able to serve you and your team. And it's been such a such a blessing. Let me bounce back a little bit to Youth for Christ. You've been involved with how, for how many years now? I started as a volunteer in 1997 in college. So I volunteered for five or six years. And then I've been on staff 19 years hmm. since 2003. Wow. Um, just even bouncing back to that last question, Stan, my my comment about um, even as we were talking about the benefit of momentum was momentum has come at a really critical juncture for 
for Youth for Christ in Omaha. And it was not only because of strategic um, additions and changes that we were making, but my absence as a leader that I just, I had to be focused on taking care of my wife and kids through a cancer journey that ended up with her um, going to heaven to be with the Lord in April of 2021. Hmm. Uh, the, the blessing of momentum during this season of time, you leading and consulting my leadership team and our, our ministry, like was truly like a, an hmm. answer to prayer and a blessing for us that it allowed me to be removed in so many ways, physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, and so you might not hear that from many ministries. I hope not <laughs> like that scenario and situation. And yet it was truly a gift from the Lord in the timing that it happened for, for us as a ministry. Well, well, that's powerful. Thanks for sharing that. There are people unreached. In places so hard to reach. Few have been reached. Few have been reached. Around the world, there are 17,000 people groups, 7,000 of which are still unreached. Meaning these people could live their entire lifetime without meeting a follower of Jesus. Those who don't know or just don't know yet. Unless something changes, they most likely never will. The harvest is plentiful. Activate Global. My Bridge to the Nations. Find out more at mybridgeradio.net. Let's harvest this field from sunrise to sunset. 19 years on staff. Uh, got involved when you were in college as a volunteer. Most people, lots of people in our culture today just don't stay in one place that long, uh, let alone in ministry and let alone in youth ministry, which really stretches you, you know, especially as we're getting older. Uh, yes, you're getting older as well, Jason. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, you, I feel it. <laughs> but you've stayed put. So w- why? Like, what are you experiencing? What are you seeing? What's going on in your heart that's got you so locked in to YFC there in Omaha? There's been a handful of times, a couple of times that we tried to move. Mm-hmm. And part of that's because we didn't, we don't have any family in Omaha. So we were trying to get closer to family. Uh, we were exploring other ministry or non-ministry jobs. And every time that that even came up and the last one is probably not for 10 years or something. It was God made it very clear that mm-hmm. this is where we were supposed to be. And we were supposed to remain faithful to this mission. Uh, and so Part of that's just obedience at times to what God has asked of us and others was we really did focus a lot on culture and staff culture. And it became a tremendous place that we had great, solid relationships and mm-hmm. friendships. And we call ourselves the YFC family. And it represented the family of God of what I what I see, what I experience in ways that I don't always see other places. And so it, there is just a tremendous joy to work with people that I love being with, um, that love each other well. Yes, we have our issues for sure, um, but also a mission that I believe in so much. And uh, belief is, you know, one of my top couple strength finders. And so I have to believe in what I'm what I'm a part of. And so that has been a huge thing is not only as you hear me talk about why we do things, reaching lost kids, but it was 
for me, it's, it's so biblical of Jesus's last words before he went back to heaven was go and make disciples, teaching them all that I've commanded you. And so it's not just another man-made uh, vision statement. It's truly from like what Jesus asked of all of us. And, and so it aligns so much with where I want to pour my life, um, who I want to be, uh, who I want to be with. And, mm. and I also have been taken care of. Well, uh, we have staff and a board that has taken care of me in a way through the trials, but also just the encouragement and support giving me years to mature. Cause I was young when I started in this position and they, they have really um, tr- tried to help me be successful and have, have cared and loved me well. Hmm, so good. We've talked uh, throughout this morning often about uh, Youth for Christ there in Omaha and uh, conceptually, but uh, we'd love to end our time with maybe a story just to just encourage hmm. God's people across the state on how God's moving and working. If you think about a kind of a classic story, it could be recent, it could be a little bit further down the road where, mm-hmm. man, God just used Go YFC in the life of a student. What did that look like? Man, one story, Stan, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I would say like, I, we, we report key numbers to our staff every month and we say numbers aren't everything, but they do show like some stewardship and we're getting back to where we were with numbers of um, authentic Christian relationships and campuses and all this. The numbers that we want to keep driving is how many kids came to know Christ last year. And so we had 43 um, kids that came to know Christ Mm -hmm. last year, over a hundred kids that were connected and plugged into local churches. But that the biggest number that we're striving for is we, we believe that if we do the right activities, the right way or faithful, we should have a thousand ministry leaders pouring into 5,000 lost kids. Mm -hmm. And I personally got to witness that even with the summer uh, as we were able to have kids go back to camp. And my daughter took a group of friends or joined a group of friends, I should say. And she had three of her friends that I know and I interact with, but three of her friends that came and said, I want to follow Jesus mm. after what I hear and experience wow. at camp. And there's a story of a young man that just got married uh, a couple of weeks ago that when he was in seventh grade, he had the same experience at camp. And his mom like called us a week later and said, whatever happened to my son at camp, mm. uh, I want us to, I want us to experience. And so the mom started going to church and she got saved within a couple of months and the dad was a little slower. It was like a year or two later, but they were all eventually engaged, involved in a local church, baptized. And now to see this young man get married to a strong Christian woman and just the the generations of impact that have happened because of his parents, but also Lord willing, you know, future kids in this marriage if the if the Lord blesses them. So that camp ministry has been huge for us and we couldn't do it for a couple of years. So being able to be back at camp this summer, taking our kids to Youth for Christ camps was where all the like those stories that I just shared that are that are real and like very recent, but also, you know, 10 years ago for this, for this young man. So good. Well, brother, thank you for taking your time today. Thanks for uh, coming on the morning conversation. Thanks, Stan. It's a privilege to be in ministry with you. We once again stand in awe of God's perfect timing. We hear it often, how God orchestrates the right song to play at just the right time. And with Jason, how he got introduced to MyBridge Momentum in a life-changing season of his life and ministry. 
we're celebrating that God is on the move through MyBridge and ministries like Youth for Christ in Omaha, which are bringing hope, which is vital for life. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really hope you loved this conversation with Jason just as much as we did. And as always, to hear more from MyBridge, tune into your local MyBridge radio station, listen online with our app at home through your smart speaker or at mybridgeradio.net. Thanks for listening.